Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Each month, over 80,000 people download podcasts produced from the fevered mind of Royfield Brown. They cover a gamut of topics, like maps, politics, American presidents, history, the archers, Formula One, Jamaican culture, and Englishness. Go to wherever you get your podcast and type in Royfield Brown to discover a new favorite podcast today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dumpty 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 dum, dumpty dumpty dum, dumpty 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 dum, dumpty diddly dum, dumpty diddly dumpty diddly dumpty diddly dum, dumpty 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 dum, dumpty diddly dum. Hello, this week's Dumpty Dum is from Joanne Smith, and the podcast is sponsored by Kathleen Anstey. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Millers. I'm the Christmas pyjama clad Royfield Brown and I am here today with the not-so-young farmer Jacqueline Berthaud in Sanguen in Brittany, France. On this episode, we have a very select group of coloriners. We hear from Lily from Hertfordshire, who has a plot prediction. Globetrotting Richard, who has done even more maths. With a spoon, who despite everything is finding Brian self-centred. And Ambridge Pony Club, our Jen, who has a personal experience of family grief. And finally, Sarah Spilsbury, who gives us the inside Jen on coffins and caskets. Now, of course, folks, we have tweets of the week from our purple pumpkin, our Theo. And we have a social media roundup from our Sandra. I love it when Sandra does it. That's not to say I don't love it when other people do it. I love it when everybody does it. Just saying. Now, don't forget, folks, you can find some wonderful Dumpty Dum on YouTube. Go to YouTube, type in Dumpty Dum, and you'll find uh, interviews and Dumpty Dum's shows on there. And uh, they're quite awesome. And of course, during the show, we're wishing a very warm welcome to the members of our Facebook group. We need you to continue sending your dumpty dums to us. Now, new listener to the podcast, you'll be saying, what's a dumpty dum? It's what you heard at the start of the show. It's somebody rattling, singing, banging a kazoo, if you even bang a kazoo. No, you don't. You play a kazoo, you bang a drum to the themes of Barwick Green. It's our signature way of starting the podcast. Why don't you join in with the fun by getting together with your with your friends, with your family, and uh, give us a joint dumpty dum. It'll warm the cockles of our heart and it will make the start of the podcast. Quite simply, all you do is you go into speakpipe.com forward slash dumpty dum to record it and it comes over to us and then by magic we can put it on the podcast. So keep them coming, folks. That is all fabulous, all all those things to look forward to. But first, let's have a look at our week in Ambridge from our sweet queen or tart. Hello lovely people, it's Siri here, Queen or Tart on the Twitters, with another week in Ambridge. And it's been a bit of a funny week, hasn't it? It's been a very challenging week for Brian, who's been playing very hot and cold, mostly cold to be honest. He does not want to choose anything for a funeral. 
regardless of what the rest of the family want or need. Alice tried to help him, but he thoroughly rejected it. He soundly rejected Kirsty and Roy's gardening efforts, regardless that Alice said that they could help. In the meantime, Nolitando showed up to Kate's obvious delight. Justin showed his true colours, interrogating Julianne about her alternative escort to the finance event in Birmingham. He really is a frightful shit, isn't he? Once he had the chance, he downright blackmailed Rory. Sounds like he's trying to scupper her deal with Bill, which is going to go down very badly. Rory let something slip about which board members are supported giving the work to Julianne, so I foresee a big bite on the bottom coming up for somebody. Given it was Valentine's week, the scriptwriter squeezed in a lot of romance. Nolitando admitted she was upset about her breakup. Ruth and David had a romantic evening in the barn, pre the 14th, when they would be babysitting Rosie. Oh, it's a shame they didn't do a proper crash with Tony and Pat. They could have brought all of them together. We don't know how their evening turned out. There was a rip-roaring evening in the meantime, upstairs in the bull, on the day itself, with Freddie's Young Farmer's Disco, with some select choices of music. And then Rory had a shag and a drunken session on Alex's couch. Ew, tacky or what? They had a big row and Rory stropped off to London again. At least he seems to be dodging the train strikes. Nolitando tried to set up Freddie with one of Paul's friends, Mina, and there's a slightly totesorks moment for Rory and Paul after last week's failed pass. Freddie failed to get Mina's number and then lied about it. He doesn't fancy her. Scriptwriters, are you saving him for Nolitando? Brian was brought round rather by Will, who reminded her that it's five years since Nick died. He encouraged Brian to ask for help, which seemed to have an effect, as he was at least much more polite with Roy and Kirsty when they cleared up after the work they'd done in the cottage garden, and he helped get some of Phoebe's stuff out of her old room and into the car. Alice got a proper conversation in with her sponsor, Lisa. There was some very tough love there. And Alice admitted she was missing writing things down and going to meetings. It is not enough what she's doing now, according to Lisa. Brian told Nolitando about his wedding to Jenny, darling. It was very sweet. He got cross with the rest of the family for asking him to make decisions and leaving messages on her phone. But in the meantime, they went for a lovely walk and saw a missile thrush. Alice tried to make it easier for him to choose, but he just won't. And in fact, does not even want a funeral. He doesn't have to do anything. He made that very clear. Oh dear. Let's hope that next week is a better one because we can't carry on like this, can we? Till then, my lovelies, hope it's a good one. Thank you for that, Suey. I was really struck this week. Obviously, we've still seen the ramifications of grief, but there was a really beautiful line on WandaVision, because, you know, I'm into superheroes. And it said, what is grief but love persisting? And that's what we're seeing here, love persisting. And I know you've gone through a terrible personal loss in the last couple of years. I've had my uncle pass away just less than two months ago. There is no right way of grieving. There isn't any right way of grieving. No, there isn't, not at all. And the way that I see life and the reflection of life, which is in love and love persisting, and that translates as being grief, is it's almost like that life is a crystal. It's a diamond. It's some precious gem. And depending on which way you look at it, you get reflected a different surface. Absolutely. I couldn't have put it better myself. That's Grief is a thing. And for anybody who's really struggling with grief, they're struggling in their own way. It's mm. a very personal thing. And we're seeing this. I think the writing in the actors is being superb because we're seeing all manifestations of grief through all different manner of reactions to things, the wanting to organize, the wanting to get it sorted, the wanting to ignore it, the pushing away of people, the grabbing of people, trying to get some solace from other people. It's pretty amazing. But nobody can say anything. I think the whole storyline with Roy and Kirsty tidying the garden and then being rejected by Brian in his cross phase and then 
them all coming round to being good neighbours again. They did that from the bottom of their heart. She had experienced grief, so it just proved that everybody is so different. I found it a very difficult week this week, I have to say. I found bits of it absolutely superb and bits of it just totally superfluous. I've struggled to remember two episodes, so I had to go back and listen. <laughs> I usually listen twice, but I've listened three times this week because two episodes passed me by. I was really touched by Will. Oh, gosh. Brian. Those scenes, let me do something with you, Brian, I need your help. And then the, this conversation between them about their joint grief. Ugh, I had a tear in my eye again. It was totally lovely. And of course, Brian and Will have history. They had a bond and Brian very much was his mentor. To Absolutely. And that's when, if you're a listener of a certain vintage, you get the payoff. You're like, yeah. yes, it isn't just what's being said. It's the relationship between the two yeah. characters. And also what I thought was very true to life, because Brian is too concerned about his own grief. Will said, it's going to be five years. And Brian says, yeah. for what? Yeah. Nick died. My wife died. And Brian goes, oh, yes. Exactly. I thought I found that was one of the very touching things that mm. actually connected them because Brian, we know he's a self-centered guy. That's his character, isn't it? But as Rory says, <laughs> no surprises there. But I just felt it really came out very strongly with Will that he was ignoring the rest of the world and the rest of the world's grief, and it brought him up short for once, that grief of Will's. Yeah, utterly lovely. The only other thing I'll say before we go on to the caller in is... is I know everyone's been talking about it about the last 18 months, possibly even two years, possibly even three years. But I'm so getting the feeling of a changing of the guard. Yeah. The whole Nolitando coming back, Freddie, Rory, etc., Young Farmers. Whole swarms of the show this week, it just felt like everybody was in their 20s. Yeah, the young guard has definitely moved yeah. in. Yeah, they but absolutely I, I, are. But as you say, if you're in, of a certain vintage as a listener, I seem to remember a few years ago we had a lot when there was Roy and Lizzie and all that younger set who are now in the... Roy and mi- Lizzie aren't the same generation. I think in the mid to late noughts when it was Ed and Fallon and Jazza you got the feeling that there's a changing of the guard, but they never really followed that through in that those three characters, Ed had his drugs binge and then goes off to somewhere at the seaside, I forget where, Clacton, and he has to get be found by Will, etc. But those three characters didn't become major, did they? Whereas now we have all of this bunch, we have Chelsea, we have Brad, we have Mia... It seems, and even Johnny, though we haven't heard Johnny in about three years, <laughs> it just feels like literally there's a broom about to sweep everyone away. And of course, it's never going to be as, as abrupt as that. But I was really struck by it, not only because of the whole Young Farmers event, but then actually David and Ruth having their Valentine's Day. That felt very much like a bottle. Yeah, it did. They I mean, were isolated. It was, was yeah. very touching. But yeah, yeah, it felt very isolated. But it was about, this week was really about Alice and her having to be a mum, be a sister to a grieving brother, be a support to her father. Exactly. Yeah. And she's grieving as well. And she just went, you know what, enough's enough. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And I, th- I thought, thought, I was anxious all week with her building up to what was going to happen next with her situation, personal situation. So the end of that episode, it was a really a dun 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 dun. Uh, as you, what's the what's that tune you sing? That's it. Yeah. It was one of those moments, wasn't it, when she called Lisa? I need to speak. I'm a, I have a mixed relationship with Alice. She sometimes I have sympathy with her, and a lot of the time I don't. And Nolly. I have a mixed relationship with her because half the time she irritates me and half the time I think, oh, she's just lovely. She's brilliant. She's good with Freddie. She's great at 
talking through stuff. She was brilliant with Rory when uh, persuading him to talking about old, the olden days with uh, Granny uh, Jenny and movie nights. Certainly what I was excited about. Sipo. We've never heard him speak. And she said, oh, he's coming. He's, get, he's excited about coming. I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. The new actor coming in, maybe. Exactly. Um, but, another new young'un. Yeah, exactly. Yet another young person. Oh, God, we're going to be outaged. I'm already outaged, <laughs> but even you are going to be caught up now. <laughs> Hello, Ambridge3962. First off, top of the shop. I didn't know this, so this is educational. Who says that you can't learn things on Dum De Dum? Here we go. Not Everybody me, sit not me. down. We're in the <laughs> class of Mrs. Spilsbury. She's going to oh. educate us. Very good. Hello, it's Sarah from Smithwick here. Just back from a shift, volunteering at a museum that used to be a factory making items for the funeral industry. Keeps me off the streets. As such, I'm here to answer Brian's query as to why all the talk of caskets and what's wrong with using the word coffin. Nothing if indeed that is what you're dealing with. A coffin is the traditional six-sided box used in the UK. A casket serves the same purpose, but it's a more euphemistic word, suggesting something in which to store treasured items such as jewels or, in this instance, a dead wife. It also differs in shape, being rectangular, again, more euphemistic and not so closely resembling the shape of the deceased occupant. Caskets are more traditionally popular in America and started to become so during the Civil War period, possibly as a regular shaped vehicle with easier to ship back to the soldiers' bereaved families. Okay, that's my bit of public service information given for the week. Take care, you all, and hope to see you soon in Birmingham. Trarabits. By the way, the museum is called the Coffin Works. I don't know if you want to keep that bit in or if it's just... Seamless, shameless promotion. We like a bit of shameless promotion. Have you got any shameless promoting you'd like to do, Madame Berto? Maybe there's something that the good councillors of Sanguine have done in the last week that you're particularly proud of. I don't, I can't. But there is something I would like to say on museums about. <laughs> you're not normally reticent about tooting your own horn. No, because we've heard the French but... say tooting your own horn, toot le horn. No, I don't have no idea what they'd say. I had an amazing visit a few years ago in Paris mm-hmm. Museum, and it's the catacombs. I don't know whether you've ever been, Royfield. If you ever go to Paris, it's really worth going to the catacombs museum. Can I just be a Brit here, a proud Englishman? Yeah. Why go to Paris when there's London? I agree. I love London. Why, why about... go to Montmartre when there's Hampstead? Yeah, but who but... needs the Seine when there's the Thames? There you've, you go. You've beaten me down. There the catacombs go. are a museum <laughs> where you go underground into where they emptied the graves, hmm. graveyards that were full, and they put all the bones. And there's part of them that's open to the public. But you can go on a late night subversive tour, which I did about six or seven years ago. No, maybe 10 years ago. Oh, God, probably 18 years ago. Um, Mm. And it was fantastic. It's so moving and all a bit scary and all a bit, a bit kind of gothic, but it's all to do with the bones and respect for bones of people that have died many moons ago and been moved from coffins to churchyards to these catacombs. So that's another museum that's brilliant. But isn't that interesting? Who would know that, that there was a museum in an old factory for funeral goods in Birmingham? I never knew that. I must admit, I didn't know until I heard Sarah mention this before that she volunteers at this place. But... Serious point now, right? Because we do quite often talk in a very jokey way about about things on the show. Yeah, we do. But there is an utter downside to Brian abrogating responsibility in terms of organising or being part of the funeral. And I know this because this is still rankling around in our family. And I'm going to try and be as blunt and as explicit as this. And this, let's say, wouldn't happen in England, I don't believe, but still it's a salutary and a cautionary tale. So my uncle who died in Los Angeles just before New Year's Day, he only was, he was cremated just two weeks ago now in Los Angeles. 
And I can't remember how much of this story I've told before, but when he got gravely sick at the end of November, my mother, my brother, an uncle, and his son, my cousin James, came out. Another cousin and an aunt went out subsequently. So the family from England have been rallying to the cause of my gravely sick uncle who, to all intents and purposes, lived by himself in Los Angeles and he passed away between Christmas and New Year's. The family in the UK have been doing their best to coordinate things. And James is 25, his son, and he's never had to deal with organising a funeral. My uncle's wish was that he was going to be cremated. Goes to the funeral home, James does, and says, OK, so my cremation. And they say, oh, there's a crematorium which we deal with there miles down the road. Because of that, James did not go. People, please, with the passing of a loved one, Look at every detail. It's so important. doesn't matter how much you have to go out of your way. And say, this was a lesson to us all. I had no idea that somewhere in America can call itself a crematorium if it's just a furnace. Jacqueline, it, all it was a furnace. This was not a home to give somebody a dignified exit where there might be a nice waiting room where you could sit down. Yeah. And so people could be with each other and be with their thoughts. We walked into a lockup next to a car junk lot and it was just a furnace. Oh it was goodness. shocking. It was utterly shocking. So when Brian is saying, I don't need to do this, and I get his grief. We've talked about the fact that people yeah. grieve in different ways. Last week, or was it the week before? I forget. I said there are, there's at least five different classic ways of grieving. There's probably 500 because everybody's yeah. fundamentally unique. But this is where family comes in because if one person can't cope, the strength is from communally from the yeah. family, from somebody else who says, I just need to just take this on because well, I'm telling you, I was shocked. Yeah, there's no way that place could allow to be called itself a crematorium in the United Kingdom. And I haven't been to that many crematoriums, but it was industrial next to a wrecking yard and it was just a furnace. So How awful. it is so important. And to make it doubly worse, the distressing thing was that this was being relayed back to all the family via Zoom. Oh, and people just couldn't believe what they were seeing. Anyway, so important that we give people the space to grieve, especially pe the partner of the deceased. And we've got to prop them up and we've got to give them some tough love. And if it means on the day you need to dress them, you dress them and you comb their hair because they've got to be there because they will never, ever forgive themselves if when they come past their grief, the most pointed bit of their grief, if they weren't there. So... I get it. And this is the reason why this is also brilliant because, mm. and we say it over and over, we can relay bits of this to our own lived experience. And we know this is great writing and it pulls on the heartstrings. But my God, if you learn a lesson, anybody from this week's Dum De Dum, do not leave any stone uncovered with the passing of a loved one. Even if you think, oh, I think that'll be all right. No. Go down to that place and check. We Go don't have the luxury of that. We don't have the luxury of that in France because everything is so quick. But luckily, the funeral industry here is very organised as well. And I've held the hand of the husband of a friend who died a couple of years, no, a year ago, and through the process because he doesn't speak French. And so I took him through the whole process, did everything with him. And there was him, me, and my daughter, Emily, at the funeral. And it was all very sad. It was all very horrible. And it was very silent. And it's the first time I've ever been, like, at the crematorium and that kind of silence with people. But I was obviously glad for him that I was there. But I was also glad for Marjorie, my friend, who had died. But... It's so quick here. It was three days after she died that she was cremated. And you were the funeral director who actually came to the house to collect her and talked us through everything there and then for about three hours after she died. And they control everything. You pay quite a lot for them. But there's none of this. There's not too much choosing, which is what seems to have sent Brian into a bit of a spin because there's there seem to be so many decisions to make. Whereas for us, 
for with Marjorie, there weren't many decisions to make, really. It was, how much do you want to spend on a, a coffin? This much or this much? Get your flowers, get them from wherever you want them, and get them delivered to the crematorium on the morning. And think about what you want to do for the service and go and talk to the people at the crematorium about it. It was as simple as that. It was all very, Every culture has a different way of doing it, and everybody has a different way of coping with it. Yeah, I have listened to Witherspoon's call, and I don't think he talked about the psychological side of that but I'd be interested to know from a professional point of view for people who refuse a funeral refuse to have that you can't though can you I think it's just a defense mechanism because it's a way of absolutely signing off from your partner that's what a funeral is it's supposed to give you some level of closure and arranging a funeral is to say that your partners have gone and yeah, which is what is Brian's well, denying. Yes. And the other thing is as well, is specifically the dynamics of their relationship. Jenny did all the domestic stuff. Jenny did exactly. all the organising. All the organising. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway. it'd be interesting to see how things get on, go on. So mm. we're waffling. We're, yeah, you're waffling. Me? Honestly, Me? you're waffling a lot, listen, you, today. Listen, I am. But you've brought up the W word, which is Witherspoon. And I believe he's in the upper, lower, east, west side. And he is our professional go-to person when it comes to what's going on in people's heads. I think that we should call upon Mr. Spoon and let's listen to what he's got to say. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Royfield, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Last week, Royfield mentioned that Brian had been missing in action for a few days, but this week he returned in full force. Look, I get it that he's in mourning and is exhibiting a mixture of denial and anger, but his self-centeredness is also in good form. Which of Jenny's children has the best relationship with him, can talk to him, can charm him, and can get him to cooperate with the funeral planning? Why, it's Debbie, of course. And where is Debbie? nowhere to be found. And Greg must be unavailable, but some, any reference to Debbie would be appreciated and appropriate. This leads us back to Alice, who, as those in the addiction field would say, had a wobble this week. Fortunately, it did not progress to a slip. We were expecting this crisis to occur at some point. Alice's sponsor offered her some 12-step home truths. First, when life stressors increase, it's not the time to forget about taking care of oneself. Remember, When those oxygen masks drop down, put yours on first. Second, utilize your support network. Don't stop going to meetings, even increase the number per week. Talk to your sponsor, as Alice was doing, and as her sponsor suggested, try to help others as well. I hope that Alice heeds her advice. That brings us to Rory. No one has brought this up yet, so I'll be the first. I think Rory himself is developing a drinking problem. Ironic, isn't it? that he was so judgmental about his half-sister. But note that a couple of inappropriate incidents have been associated with his over-imbibing. 
I predict that when Rory returns for Jenny's funeral, assuming there is one, he will drink heavily and greatly embarrass himself and others, just as Alice did at Nick's funeral. Talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. It has. I've noticed that the drinking with the Rory, as I'm sure most people have, is definitely getting out of hand. What Rory's doing is avoiding. He's, number one, he's avoiding his grief. He's avoiding his own guilt. Remember, we talked about this last week, about the fact that he wasn't speaking to Jenny. She was yeah. texting and he was avoiding it. He, he feels deeply upset with his own behavior. That's the guilt thing again. But what he can do is, for a moment, for an hour, for an evening, forget all of that through enjoying himself. Yeah, so, and enjoying himself in a self-destructive way, really, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. And M- Mr. Spoon is the expert. So if he says, this is what's going to happen, or there's a path and this could lead you to alcoholism, or it could even be a functioning one right now, maybe. But couple of things the writers are saying that he's just trying to blot things out yeah sex and then it was smoking sex and smoking drugs weed. and rock and roll thank yeah. you because yeah because he was dancing away at the event it was sex and drugs and rock and roll so i don't know that he's going to become an alcoholic but it would be a perverse echo the other thing just very quickly and i forget the name of the emailer in her who said a couple of weeks ago that bisexuals are depicted as being sex-praised. And I went, oh, come on now, you could well be right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they're definitely depicting him as being a bit on the slutty side, aren't they? Yeah, like he's got a sexual appetite and, yeah, and he's losing himself to it. Of that, there, there is no doubt right here and now. What says you about whatever else Mr Spoon said? It was about, he talked about Alice and her having a wobble but not a slip and about how important it is to follow the steps when you're in that position that Alice is of going through the, the AA. Do they call them rules? I don't know. The steps, the steps, yeah, aren't the they? Yeah, the steps. And how important it is because it's all part of your self-care. And I agree with him completely. If you're set out to get yourself out of something, you have to stick at it and small crises or big crises in your life isn't a reason to stop it. I, With my daughter, who is a drug addict, I tried to help her and we tried to accompany her in her, her steps through Narcotics Anonymous. And But every, any excuse to the self-pity. So whilst Lisa, the, the buddy, was felt harsh when she was first saying those words to her but it meant a lot having lived through that to me to hear her say that because yes a buddy isn't your hugger she isn't your mate she is someone to remind you why you were on the path and i mm. thought that putting that that was a public service information from narcotics alcohol anonymous anonymous Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. Sorry, I thought I was saying the wrong word for a second. I just felt it was a good scene that because it was bringing Alice back to reality because she is running around like a headless chicken. She's feeling lost. She's feeling like she's got Rory dumped on her as well. So that puts another stress. She's got Martha. Blah, 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 blah. It's all too much, it's all too much. She's starting to turn onto herself again. But I was Mm. very glad that she reached out to Lisa and that Lisa was exactly the buddy that she needed. Absolutely. And there's also, is it slightly analogous to when they say teachers, if you can't do something, teach, slightly Mm. analogous in terms of one way of ordering your own thoughts and feelings around loss, grief, dependency is actually to go and speak to somebody else about their loss, grief or dependency. It orders your own thoughts and you're practically helping somebody else. And it's just a wonderful way of then getting through that process. So I thought that was awesome. But talking about processes, Madame Berto, we have a process or two that we need to get through. Indeed. The best and the easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash dumptdum. Don't forget the T in the middle. And you'll also find a link to this in our show notes. Or you can send us a voice note via WhatsApp on... Clear's throat, very clearly speaking, 044-7957-167-696. <laughs> six, six, 
And for this lovely podcast, we need your calls in by 6 p.m. on a Sunday UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes. And bear in mind that you need to be at least 18 to take part. But there's no upper age limit, is there, Roy? There isn't. Now, there are a few things that you can do to help this podcast. In fact, there are three. First of all, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on Apple iTunes and any other podcast streamer that you use. Now, secondly, give us a review. We'd love five stars. It means a lot to Jacqueline. It means a lot to me also. Now, finally, the third thing is that you can could consider becoming a patron. Patron is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. So if you just go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, we'd be tickled pink to have your support. So you can be a sponsor of the show just like Kathleen Anstey. Now, admittedly, what Kathleen did, she was pretty smart. She went, actually went on to PayPal and she set up a recurring payment. However, we are bigging up, we are thanking everybody who donates to Dumpty Dum, not just the patrons, but also people who do this via PayPal. So why don't you join people like Kathleen by going on to either PayPal, say it's not a recurring payment, or you can do that by going on to Patreon. So, should we go back to our calls? I think we should. Now, next, it's Jen. She's our Ambridge Pony Club. Greetings, Royfield and Jacqueline and everyone in Dumpty Dum land. Jen here. Just calling in. I think it's been an excellent week. They're obviously exploring all the different ways that people react to bereavement. And I think broadly, they're doing an incredible job and all of the actors are brilliant. I think the scene between... Will and Brian was a particular highlight for me. It just really struck a chord. I noticed when my uncle died, I assumed that my my cousins would be a great comfort to my aunt and that the family would pull together. And yeah, that's what you assume is that the family will pull together and they'll comfort each other and all of this. And I think often that's not the case. And my aunt managed to fall out with every single one of her children. And I was a bit judgmental about that. And then it happened in our own family and we lost my dad and kind of assumed I'd be a comfort to my mother. And to be honest, I don't think I really was, uh, nor was my brother. And I think Brian summed it up brilliantly. He just wants space for his own bereavement. He can't deal with the children and the children's bereavement. And it was just really interesting to see that coming out. And I think that is more common than we let on. But Will did a great job, him being a fellow widower, knowing what Brian's been through. And those two boys had a really good relationship. Brian has been there for Will and now Will's being there for Brian. It's nice to see that character having some more nuance. There was a while there he got written into this rather strange, misogynist character. And I don't think Will's like that. It's nice to see him coming back as a more balanced, caring person. I agree with her completely. I thought it was a lovely scene between her and totally unforced. And as you said earlier, there's so much history between them. He's been a kind of mentor for Will from with the shoot and everything. So it was natural that and out far enough away from the family that he's not dealing with Will's grief at the same time as his own, which exactly as Jen says, dealing with the children's grief is too much for him. Yeah, very good. Good call, Jen. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting how we're all talking about our personal stories of loss yeah, and just how it's chiming. And yet again, Dum Dee Dum as group catharsis, as yeah. a communal counsellor. Yeah, absolutely. But that's what's so brilliant about the archers. That's what I love about it. The fact that there's always a touch of something of the reality of our own lives. Yeah. Absolutely. Wonderful call, Jen. And I tell you what, right, I'm looking forward to seeing Jen. At the Archers Academics Dum 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 Mashup Weekend. I know, it's going to be so exciting, isn't it? When is mm. it for Royfield? Such a professional. You're like, let's tune <laughs> up for the date. <laughs> Royfield, when is it? As if to say you don't know. It is Friday, <laughs> April 21st through to Sunday, twenty April 23rd. So you get the Friday, the Saturday and the Sunday. So Friday evening, this is the podcast recording with Sonny Ormond one stiletto in, in the grave. Things kick off and then there's going to be drinky poos. Then, whole smoker's board, plethora, kitten caboodle, circus fair worth of events at the Birmingham Symphony Hall. Now, have you seen the pictures of venue? Thank you for sharing them with me because I was panicking about I had no idea mm-hmm. 
what are we going to be up on a stage or whatever? And I was thinking, oh my god, I look even fatter on a stage. What are you talking can... about? Oh god, I'm dreading this. So as far as uh, you can just sit behind being... a desk and hide whatever plumpness you think you possess, but I don't. But you're not even. <laughs> there's no plumpness to, to hide. You only see my head on this podcast. When You've me... never met me in person. You haven't exactly. seen the rest of my body, <laughs> Madame Berto. I was talking about the venue. Not yeah. about your body insecurities. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of tell because this is me being totally and absolutely obsessive about it. I'm already worrying what, about what I'm going to wear. I am I am sh- ashamed of my aged fat body. Oh my God. It's coming, I know. Stop it. Stop it. You started right. this year by saying you were going to, people need to see less but of you. you. Know so how's that going, I mate? Didn't, I didn't obsess about it, though. In there. <laughs> as, as, as a, Stop it. I'm hyperventilating now. As a hyperventilating. Of honesty and vulnerability which I thought our listeners could maybe relate to. But you, <clears throat> madam, now. I know, right, I'm obsessed. Now, I am obsessed let's by it. talk about the venue. The venue looks fabulous. All that Thank open you. space. Is there that a garden in the middle? Because you... The- photo that you shared with me had a kind of glass window looking over overlooking a garden behind and i was trying right, to so find pictures centenary of square it's centenary square and yeah. it's just been remodeled in the last couple of years it looks totally fantabulous right it and does also, on that photo <laughs> and symphony hall is also the fascia has been redone as well so symphony hall it's right by it's at the start of broad street and they the ICC. So do you remember where it's basically it's where the Conservative Party go every year for the annual party conference. That's where we are, right? Flipping um, egg. No association. Uh, Sorry, well, that's me. I talk about well, cutting off a load of, of people. Listeners listeners. Okay, <laughs> Sorry. I'm out of this. Right. Anyway, <laughs> it's a great room that we have, which overlooks Centenary Square. Massive glass frontage, and then there's a big kind of like video wall to one side because one Mr. Spoon will be doing his caller inning via via Zoom. It That's is going to be a wonderful event. We're recording a dum de dum live there, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, listen, good. we're gonna. When you say recording a dum de dum live, you mean the program dum de dum, not a group dum de dum. I think we're doing that as well, aren't we? We're doing all of the above, and you're even going to yeah. do some stitching as well, aren't you? I am indeed, and in fact, I've made an appeal out on our Facebook, on Twitter, and on the Academic Archers website because I'm producing a piece of textile, which basically is a large linen sheet with little bits of stitching on it. So I'm appealing to anybody who fancies doing some stitching to produce a 20 centimetre by 20 centimetre piece of mixed media fabric, knitting, sewing, cross-stitch, anything like that. But you need to, it doesn't, the maximum size is, size is 20 centimetres by 20 centimetres. It can be smaller and it needs to have a border so it can be appliqued onto the, the fabric. People who are there, I'm going to ask them to sign it and stitchers will stitch coloured threads onto the signature. So don't come with your flashy signature, simple signature. <laughs> <laughs> and during the weekend, we're going to be stitching it. So there's a group of people already volunteered. And will you all be stitching on. this when you're actually doing the Dum Dum live show? We well, no, like, well, I'm, you're not I'm actually stitching now, now. Look at this. Can you see this, Rayfield? It's okay. coming along. It's actually very good. So what she's showing me, everyone, because I know images don't radio, really work though. so well on, on a podcast. It's a blue circular thingamabobbly, and she's stitching the words dum dum It actually looks like our logo. It well does. Done, well I done. copied it. I lifted it off a website somewhere. <laughs> I've also done the uh, Academic Archers one. And in mm. fact, it's my daughter Emily's been stitching this afternoon. So she's put mm. her little initials on Has it. She's been so. stitching it under duress. No, she's like really? like me. We've been watching a film this Are afternoon. Sure? So she said, what can I do, Mum? I said, you can stitch this so I can carry on doing my thing. So we've both been stitching, like the two little grannies. But that's gotcha. what's so lovely about stitching. There will be stitching going on. But there will be... I'll tell you what, this does not sound exciting. Come to Birmingham so you can stitch. Yeah, exactly. Come to <laughs> so Birmingham. And watch people stitch. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've got another bit of news for I feel, because I applied to do a quick slot in the Academic Archers. Oh, okay. As quick, so they have, they've got their big papers and then they've got short papers and they've accepted me. I've been accepted to present a paper. 
for the Academic Arches. So there you go. I know. Look at I've you. never been to an Academic Arches thing in my life. <laughs> so there you go. I'm not an academic. I feel like a fraud. <laughs> Like stand up there. Listen, both of us feel like frauds, and it's never stopped yeah. us presenting this show. So this anyway, is true. Less so said about stuff, um, imposter syndrome, the better. Now, so <laughs> we haven't even finished, folks. So no, we haven't. We've have got more calls. Various different panels on the Saturday. Then at seven o'clock, we all go and have a group dindins at the Cozy Club, which is just walking distance, just down the canal from from Symphony Hall. Now, you haven't exactly put your wayward youth behind you, have you, Madame Berto? You've still got a little bit of a devil within you, haven't you? Probably, yeah. Yeah. So you'll I don't be know out where there. this is going, so I'm not committed to anything <laughs> yet. <laughs> you'll be out there dancing the night away, won't you? So everybody's Definitely. Out there dinner, you'll be having a drink down Broad Street. Then you'll be like, come on. My hotel's in Broad Street, so I'll be fine. There you go. You can just roll home from the nightclub, can't you? Yeah, I can. Now, I warn you, the dum-de-dum crowd, because this would be like the fourth live show, they're a rambunctious lot. Oh, jolly good. I'm looking forward to it. They like to party. Don't let any grey hair fool you. These people know how to party. They've come from the four corners of the United Kingdom and the British Isles, if Jen's coming from Ireland, and the partying will not stop until dawn. Then there's going to be a group listen-along on the Sunday. I might be snoozing through that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at partying all night long, Royfield, but I have to have a snooze at some point. I tell you what, me, I party hard. So I only oh, sleep when things are done, me. Right. <laughs> oh, dear. My so drive anyway, to Birmingham could be exciting, couldn't it, afterwards? So... <laughs> The cost for all of this is 90 English pounds for the weekend's events, which includes the Dum Dum Live and all of the Archer's academic panels. And there will be, Sonny Ormond is going to be with us during the live show. And we are getting other actors, writers et al. from, from the Archer's to be with us for that whole weekend. So it's going to be stunning. Now, tickets for dinner, so that £90 the whole weekend includes a ticket for dinner. So this is how it breaks down. If you're going to come just for Saturday, it's 40 quid. If you're coming for the whole weekend, it's £60. Then dinner is £30. It's such a deal. It's such a steal. Links for this are available on the Facebook page. Links for this are also available on the Academic Archers Facebook page. When I say the Facebook page, I obviously mean the Dum Dum Facebook page and dum.com. A newsletter will go out on Monday to Dum Dum members with all the links on. So you should have all of the ways which you can basically click on the various links to purchase your tickets. It's going to be awesome. Madame Berto is going to be awesome. I'll be pretty middling, but it's going to be a fantastic <laughs> event with a whole load of people talking about all things Ambridge for not one, not two, but for three days sounds absolutely wonderful maybe you can put the links in the show notes as well that would help. Oh, oh right smart smarty pants we'll do that as well come on now, let's go back we've got more, I, I tell you what, more, more I tell calls you what, yes i tell you what I tell you who i'd love to meet at this event it's richard he travels <gasps> around a bit he would he Imagine. must be able to make birmingham you'd think so because whiz air do flights from krakow which is where he is to birmingham i know it for an absolute fact so richard no excuses Ooh. and the base going to be really handsome and debonair an international businessman don't you know there you go richard you've got a fan in me let alone what whatever whatever else whether hearts are fluttering in the whole ranks of dumpty dum dum richard please come and see us but anyway here's richard's call who knows what about the partnership agreement through which home farm is run according to a thread on reddit our Stephen called in episode 436 and said, Brian and Jennifer have three shares each. Debbie and Avon have two. Alice, Rory and Kate have one. So 13 shares. A bit of mass based on the farm being 1,922 acres, which I got from Wikipedia. The farm's worth 13 million quid using land values taken off right. the Farmers Weekly website. Even if it's close to that, it's surprisingly valuable. Who is Jenny going to leave her shares too has she left a will at all obviously people will take brian into account but he's only got three votes and less than a controlling vote 
in the case of him getting all Jenna's shares, which presumably he will if he if she didn't write a will. Anyway, just pondering about that. Apart from that, I have to say I was ruefully impressed by Julianne's bluntness when she, it wasn't as if she even fessed up to the fact that she was hiring escorts. It just was in the open about it, which rather undermines the idea that she could potentially be blackmailed, which had been flitting around my brain briefly. Rory was more shocked about the news being out in the open to some people than she obviously was. I really like the way that Alice and Rory are communicating, and particularly the Alcoholics Anonymous support buddy for Alice was excellent. Another great week. Thanks for the podcast. Bye. We haven't talked about that, have we, really? Julianne just saying, yeah, it's an escort. What's your big problem? I well, she did Jeff- call Justin out, didn't she? Because she said, how many times have you seen a mm. man with a bit of fluff on his arm and not thought anything of it? And he admitted it. And, yeah, it is a comparison. But, yes. look, you know what? It is. But you know what? Maybe there's a generational divide here and yeah. there's a bit of a class divide because actually – if you have one person who you've fallen in love with and they're 20 years younger than you, but if it's repeatedly It's where, icky, it's tacky, and, uh, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. people would. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think mm, so that doesn't really wash for me. However, what's he up to, Justin? What's he up to? That is true. What is he up to? We had suspicions about him when he volunteered at the shop, mm. one thing, but then he's definitely that whole conversation that followed with Rory – and actually, I have to say, he said Rory Donovan several times. I had forgotten that his name was Donovan. Well yeah. spotted. Didn't even um, notice that. Just one quick thing. Yeah. I think it's significant as the clue of who the buyer of this land is because they want to put an electric charging station there. Now, so, yeah. So this is some level of renewable energy. Yeah. And didn't Vince sell solar panels to Brookfield? Yeah, yeah, so, good link, Royfield. Very good link, Royfield. So, are we mm-hmm. suspecting that? I think we it's are. old Vince Casey. I think I we think are as well. We are. To see, I haven't seen anybody else throw that theory about. So, that was a good one on your part. Thank you. Thank you. Now, last call is Lily. Hello, Royfield and Jacqueline. This is Lily calling in from Hertfordshire. I'm calling in with a plot prediction. I'm going to predict that Rory won't attend Jenny's funeral. It sounds like it's going to be a very emotional, stressful scenario anyway. And I think that his absence will cause even more anxiety, anger, stress, and that it will be a opportunity for Alice to continue her redemption, particularly between her and Rory and the really nasty things that she said to him and try and find a way to bring him back into the family to feel wanted, to mourn Jenny properly and to give them both some closure on the kind of last couple of years. Thank you so much. Love the podcast. Bye. Thank you for that, Lily. Hmm. A short and breezy call. Very good. We like calls that are succinct like that, Lily. Thank you very much. Do you think and we can learn from those calls, though? Yeah, Madame maybe Bertha. we should. <laughs> Lily, you need to come and give us a few lessons to stop waffling. Well, honestly, whoever suggested us to do a podcast together, <laughs> this is just ridiculous. Well, I have to say, Philippa and Quinta, Quinton, Quinton, Quinton. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Mr. Q. They're going to down to a fine It's actually art. a suburb of, in Birmingham, Quinton. But yeah, I thought you mean Quentin, though. Quentin, Quentin. Canta. Here, we've got a village near here called Canta, ah. <laughs> which is spelt exactly the same way. So they were very succinct. In, they didn't waffle like us, did they? Really? So they go, I think, yeah, they were very good. So they were very tight on the schedule. Oh. Oh, well done, Lily, for calling in. I don't think we've heard from Lily before. Do you need to remind you of the rules? Lily, have you called in before? If you haven't, please call back in again. First time caller in at the drill is you say exactly who you are, where you are, and what your Archer's vintage is, and then also what you do for a living. Because then we can call upon you for special expertise. If you say... If we remember. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we won't. We won't. So really, we call upon you when a storyline <laughs> maybe impinges on your professional expertise, then to call in and say, as a solicitor, this will blah, blah, yeah. blah. 
that type of thing, right? It keeps us in a job, doesn't it, Roy Field? Like, it does. The experts of <laughs> She's predicting that Rory won't come to the funeral. And I have that suspicion as well that it's gonna, there's gonna be all hell is gonna be let loose. Funerals are always emotional, even if it's just for one, what, if there's only two of you there, they're mm. always emotional. And this is one that's got the whole village and the whole family going off in their grief in different ways. But if Rory isn't there, that's very telling, telling for the family. This will be asked amongst them. So yeah. So that'll be an interesting. Is it, in, is it this next week, the funeral, or a week after? Gosh, it's long, know. isn't it? I don't know. It's long know. in England, isn't it? Flipping out. It is. Gruesome. This is Ambridge in rural England, not some little town in Saudi Arabia where it'd be done in 24 hours. Like in France. France. We've right. done all the okay. calls. So we've done all the calls. All right. I believe the next bit is probably in red. And if it isn't in red, it should be in red. We've got emails, haven't we? Yeah. All right. We've got one here from Welsh Witch, which has, which really touched me, actually. As I've alluded to, I became a member of the club that no one wants to join. But as the Reverend Richard Coles said, if you're with someone for a long time, it's 50-50, you'll end up joining. I feel very well qualified to comment on the way the life after Jenny's storyline is going. First, can I say the episode with Will was so well written, it took me back to my early days. Yes, I had people around me, but the one person who I did connect with was a widowed neighbour who took me under her wing. And as time has gone on, I found I'm happier in the company of people who get it through personal experience. However, I don't understand Brian, though, not wanting a funeral. Yes, it's not a pleasant thing to have to organise, but given he and Jenny, Jennifer knew that there was a strong possibility of Jennifer dying before Brian, I would have thought that there would have been conversations about what sort of funerals she would have wanted. I totally understand that Brian would lose interest in life, but not to be interested in organising a funeral seems wrong to me, as it was the last act of love I could show my husband. But I guess grief is a path that we have to navigate in our own way. So who am I to criticise the route Brian has chosen? That's a very personal reflection, Switch, and thank you very much for sharing that with us. And I agree, I find it very odd that Brian doesn't want to have a funeral. Very odd, because as we've said before, it's all about saying goodbye, the, that last act of love, honouring their life. It absolutely is. Next email. Hi, Royfield and Jacqueline and all dumpty dummers. I hope you're all well and had a good week. There's definitely been some Brian hating this week, and I think it's so sad as he's desperately wanting to grieve in his own way. The only person who is bringing out the best in him is Nolatanda, Will, because she is not expecting anything from him and is prepared to listen to him and is not trying to help. In reality, he'd be turning to Peggy right now. But this has been overlooked by the writers. Couldn't agree with you more there. And his favourite stepdaughter, Debbie. Alice's siblings would also be asking if she's okay regards to drinking. She knew she had been triggered, but showed strength and determination and called her sponsor, Lisa. Although I felt it was thrown back in her face. Tough love. I have no experience of this kind of relationship a sponsor has with a person they are helping. Is cruel to be kind the usual way? Yeah. Ah, tough love. Tough love. Yep. Anyhow, back to Brian. Is he being selfish or is he totally lost in a hole without the know-how to navigate his way through the grief? Hopefully he will agree to a funeral. Horrible though that they are a physical way of saying goodbye, which is very helpful to mourners. I do hope Rory will come back for it and build bridges with Brian. Take care. Lots of love, Marie. Yeah, that's all the questions that we've already talked about as well, Marie. Mm. We're all singing from the same songbook. But we had a last-minute message that came in from Mike Jennings that says, hello, hope all is well, and he's excited for the conference. And I know he's staying in the same hotel. Him and his wife are staying in the same hotel as me. I know this message might be too late for the podcast, which it isn't. You'll be glad to hear. But it's from my wife, Beth Jennings. Her phone is broken, so she's dictating it to me. And no worries if it's missed the cutoff. She made this prediction after David and Ruth's land sale was changed from horsey land to electric charging points. She reckons that 
Justin is buying the land. He's up to date with this stuff. Remember the other week when he was telling Brian that it's important to keep up with new technology? And he's working in the shop to get on the good side of people who might object like Jim. Which Jim is going to object, isn't he? Beth reckons that Justin will buy the land and install those charging points because he can make money from all the new people coming into Grey Gables, the eventing, the eventing course, etc., charging for parking, using the chargers, etc. Well, that is a good call as well, Royfield. We've just said, oh, yeah, it must be very Vince, but I quite like that idea as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm such a tart. I'll just agree with anybody, won't I? So shall we hear what our Facebook pops possibly been talking about on the Dumpty Dum Facebook page with our wonderful Sandra? All right, I did know that, actually. Sorry, I forgot to listen earlier on. Hello, this is Sandra with the social media roundup for the last week. And understandably, a lot of chat this week was around the Aldridge family. Brian finally said that he didn't want a funeral for Jenny. Joanne Smith recognised that it's a sensitive situation. And it is Brian's choice. However, Susan de la Mer understood that the rest of the family need to say a proper goodbye. Dave Leasley expected that Jenny would have given some thought to the type of service that she wanted. He thought that everyone would discuss the songs they wanted to be played at their funeral. Me, I'd go for my death and funeral tango. Drew Hamilton helpfully explained the difference between a coffin and a casket. Well, you learn something new every day. On Wednesday, Darcy Orgerton said, Bravo, Will. Andrew Stainthorpe agreed. Yes, well done, Will. Elizabeth Llewellyn thought that it was an interesting episode. She was surprised by Will's compassion, but not surprised by Justin's bit of light blackmail. Andrew Stainthorpe thinks that Justin's volunteering in the shop means that he is up to something. Mm, We'll see. Marie Bray said that it shows how far Alice has come by making the phone call to Lisa. Alice followed the recovery plan to AT. Helen Winter agreed that it's a breakthrough when someone can recognise when they really need help. Linda Hagopian believes that it takes a lot of backbone to accept one's vulnerabilities. Carol Walker was concerned for Alice when she went to the ball with Rory. And Leslie Hughes thought that Alice didn't really want to be there. Monica Postle feels sorry for Alice. It seems like she is trying to hold a lot of things together right now. Jan Mitchell detected something in Rory's voice when he parted from Alice. There seemed to be a tone of defeat or despair in his voice. A few of us agreed with that. Susan de la Mer thought that he should go and visit his family in Ireland. John Webster pondered on the future of Home Farm. He believes that Brian is going to lose interest and can't have long left as an active farmer. The easiest thing would be for Brian to sell up and have a comfortable retirement. Jill Bowis suggested that Adam would come back and go full holistic management with Stella. I expect that the future of the farm will be a storyline in the not-too-distant future. And to finish, Benjamin Kevin was clutching his pearls at the idea of Rory having a quick shag on the sofa. That's all from me. Bye for now. Thank you for that, Sandra. And thank you, everybody on Facebook who has been contributing to the community. So let's welcome our four lovely new members to the Facebook page this week but I think we've had a flutter of people today so they're not included they'll be included next week Sarah Lou Hannah Woolgar Aaron Snow and Jenny Harris we've got a review Royfield we've got a review review. we've got one lonely but lovely review and it goes like this as comforting as a large mug of builder's brew as a solitary listener to the Archers, it is truly comforting to hear members of the Dumpty Dum community talk about how they lived 
the week in Ambridge. Love Royfield and Jacqueline's commentary. It's good to know that Ambridge really does exist. And that's from Meli Moo and Bailey via Apple Podcasts in Italy. In Italy. How lovely. Yeah. Worldwide. That's great. Thank you for that, Meli Moo. piace. All right. Thank you. <laughs> we, you can also find us on Twitter. We are at Dumpty Dum, where you can join in the tweet along fun by using the hashtag The Archers with a capital T and a capital A. If you're searching for us, don't forget it's a dumb T Dum with a T in the middle. And I can be found on Twitter. And I'm at Jacqueline at Jberto Sanguen. That's Twitter, the social media platform that birthed Dumpty Dum. So it must be time for a tweet of the week. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of tweets of the week. And my thanks as ever to everyone who tags at Dumpty Dum to make sure we see all the best ones. This week, Dumpty Dum Twitter has been busiest with the ongoing debate about jam or cream first on scones, or should that be scones? Ambridge Pony Club reignited the debate with her own N equals one experiment. But she did this while lacking access to clotted cream. Let's just say the debate continues. Meanwhile, here are my medals for Tweets of the Week. In bronze position, it's Sarah Mattox, at Sarah underscore Mattox. I hope they haven't sold out of rubber gloves and cleaning kit in the shop. Alice will want to give that sofa the once-over. In silver, it's Patricia, at Olympians. Who died and made... Alice, chief organiser. Oh, hang on. And in gold, it's our very own Stephen Bowden at Glenlock House, who was on a fine humorous roll this week, but the one I've picked out is this. Maybe that lane that runs past Hollow Tree and the proposed electric vehicle charging station is in fact the road to net zero. That's it for this week. See you all on Twitter next time. Thank you, Theo. And congratulations to everybody who was nominated for a Tweet of the Week. Now, don't forget, as well as the Twitters, and we've done Facebook, we are also on Instagram. Join us on Instagram, where we are at Dum, which is run by the very lovely, awesome Katie. Please do follow us there. And thanks as ever to everybody who's contributed to the show and to our social media supremos, Shambridge Fair Voices, and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy B. Freeman. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.